Well, good morning again. Amen. Amen. And I have to say, what a pleasure it is to be here, and what an honor here to be with our great friend, Brother Randy, Luciana, and I met his daddy. Didn't have any, I, I saw him coming in the door, I said, I told my wife, I said, that's Randy's daddy. No mistaken. It resembles. Amen. And I've heard a lot of good things about his daddy. This whole uh, celebration, this uh, anniversary it, it, as well as a celebration, it's uh, quite an honor. Uh, I don't have to tell you you need to do anything. You're doing it. You're doing it right. And I can just say keep up the good work for that. Because uh, what you're doing is, is so honorable, you know. And um, a pastor, the under-shepherd, teacher, preacher, writer, evangelist, he, he got the whole package, you know. Amen. Uh, where there's been many men, I know, uh, I'm not in any of this category here, but some are great preachers, some are great teachers, some are great evangelists, some are great writers, and if you get one, I mean, you've done well. But to get them all, the package, hey, amen, amen, amen. What a blessing. It's evident, I mean, he's pushing 30 years here, and you haven't got rid of him, so that says a lot for him a lot. Brother Josh had covered that area, but it's, it's, it's a rare occasion. It's a rare, it's a rare time, in the times we live. Uh, Brother Randy, of the cats out of the bag, though, I found out your secret, though. I'm going to tell on you about this chainsaw preaching you're doing. You bring a chainsaw here, and I mean, I, I'm going to try that at mine, okay? And when you crank that thing up, if I don't get somebody's attention, nothing will. Amen? I heard about that. I thought that was unique. That's, that ought to be some good, good stuff to bring back. This morning, I, I was... Uh, kind of tossed to what, what do you say about such a, a fella and his wife and uh, the evidence is in the church here of course you look around you see these all these people here then what you're doing for them and what you're going to do and what you do continuously you let him go and preach so many different places and he's well uh, well received there and he's always been called back says a lot again for him but to honor the, the man is to honor the call and he's been called to do this in your bio, I have a copy of it here. Meet your pastor. Dr. Randall Reese is a natural shepherd. Amen. He's a man filled with compassion for people with spiritual needs. Amen. And the church says, amen. To meet your pastor, though, I, when I read, I read over it again, trying to pick up a few things, up, but what you already knew, he's a man of prayer. He's a prayer warrior who prays for his congregation, which that's what we do as, as the she under-shepherds. We do pray for them. And then we pray as men ought to, always without, pray, you know, without ceasing. And the other thing that I find so great about him, too, he's well-loved in his community in the church, not just in the people, but people that know him in, in the other churches as well. And to find favor with man and God, that's hard these days. Amen? It is. But that's what we're to, to strive to do as pastors. And so the question remains this morning is, as a, and again, what do you say about a, a, a preacher, a pastor, a teacher, you know, what's the question is? What's he good for? What, what's really his, what is it about him? Three things come to mind. And the pastor equips us to, to do God's will. That's one. And it's evident you're here. The song saying about that because he gave, because he went, because he sacrificed. And his wife has been one who stands along with him. And there's no animosity. There's no strife. And because she is a helpmate. She is to come alongside him and, do, and to work with him. Just as, as I say as my wife does. The pastor's equipment to do God's will. The pastor serves as example. He is a great example of a man who walks with the Lord. If you've already said it. You've already gave your witness. You've already testified about this. And the pastors keep the watch over our souls. All these scriptures here in the Bible, 
every one of them. I, I was wondering what I was going to say pertaining to the scriptures. And last night, I just happened to pick up your bulletin. If you would, on the front of it right there, told me right then and there, that's what I was going to preach. I had went over three different sets of scriptures that I was going to preach from. But when I saw that, I said, wow, the Lord, you spoke right clear. Clear as a bell to me. In Hebrews chapter 13, and I said, well, that's it. All right. So at 4 o'clock this morning, I kept going back over going back over it and going back over it. And it says it all. And again, a pastor is a gift to the church. Now, to people today, they don't understand that a lot. There's a lot of bad bad press out there. There's a lot of bad apples, so to speak, here and there, which has caused people to be cautious. I understand that. But in 30 years almost here that you found, you found it to be him to be faithful. He's true, and he's found, and he's been tested, and he's proved himself, and that's what counts. Equip us to do the God's will, the service examples, and to keep us to watch over our souls for, for all these things. This man has a pastor's heart, as the Bible uh, uh, recommends. He loves to see disciples mature in Christ. He's a teacher. He loves to see children and youth nurtured in the love of the Father. He's a father-like figure. He loves to lift up the Lord in worship. He's a leader. He loves to preach the word that transforms lives. He's an evangelist. He loves to emphasize the fellowship and the teamwork. He's your pastor. He loves the down and out and the up and out. He's a pastor. And he loves to encourage the lonely and comfort the discouraged. Again, he's a pastor. And as a pastor doesn't come overnight. You don't get the heart of a pastor. It takes years and and uh, much prayer, much seeking Lord guidance in all things. And when you get to this point, it's on the way to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7, if you would be with me. I'm going to take that one verse, and I'm going to look, look at it, and I'm going to share it with you. But on the way there, I'd like to stop off for just a minute for, and uh, read a couple verses that mean a lot more because it introduces this verse. He said he is in, in Ephesians, he tells us in chapter 4, verse 11, 12, and he gave some apostles, and he gave some prophets, and some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. Well, again, as I reiterate, yeah, it's pretty good odds. You got most of it right here. He's a man, like everyone else. He's a, he's a sinner. He's saved by his grace. But he's, let me say it this way, he's followed his faith. He's been observant. He's been a student a disciple of Christ. Verse 12 goes on to say, to the perfecting of the saints and the work of the ministry to the edifying of the body of Christ. As a pastor as well, my job is to edify the body, to exhort one another, even so more as we see the day approaching. And when you put these scriptures together, you come up with a man, a portrait, so to speak. And as I looked at the bio there, you see the picture. I know you have a picture of him. And I started looking at that. I was going to talk about 1 Peter chapter 5, about the portrait of a pastor. And to talk to you that, to that, like that is that I don't know him as good as you do. I've only known him these three to four years, and you've known him for almost 30. So I have no right to say I know as much as you do about him for sure. But I do know he has a heart of a pastor, heart for the pastorate, and a heart for the people. So therefore, he has a heart of the Lord, and he shares it daily. And he's walked, not only in his talk. In Hebrews chapter 13, and this is your verse you have on your bulletin, with just like that, the Lord says that's the verse. Now we know he's to feed the flock, and he does a great job at that. 
Everybody would say amen. And taking the oversight there by not restraint because he does it. He loves to do what he does. It's not a, it's not a profession. It's a calling. Remember this. And, I, and we go back to the uh, first Peter 5. He says to feed the flock of God. Listen, you're not his flock. You're the father's flock. And being the under shepherd, he is the oversight. He's the one who takes care of his, the father's flock. If you remember the story about the sheep with David, and the, the sheep would teach us a lot of lessons in life. If I could go on, you know, you got to feed the sheep a diet, and it has to be a sheep diet. Another thing I don't like about raising sheep myself personally is that I have to worm them too regularly. Somebody say hello. And that's the truth. And then if you take an anointing oil and you have the flies, you have the irritations, and you touch that and on the ears and things, that's there to keep them from being distracted. There's a lot of work in tending. If you know anything about sheep at all, and you need to study it, God took this one animal, and he made this whole Bible come out. And I mean, if when you study this, you understand we're nothing to be bragging about. Sheep are really <laughs> pretty dumb people, as the animals are themselves, but they take a pastor, they take a, under shepherd, a shepherd to take and nurture these people. And look at you. You all have testimonies of how he's nurtured you, how he's prayed for you, how he's been to your house, your hospital, whatever. And the lady the overlooked, it wasn't her time to be nurtured, but when that time he came and he's blessed, but the song says because he gave. Yeah, he's laying up treasures in heaven, but can I add also that given to this charge, is going to, we have as pastors a double standard here, is that we're going to double Lord is going to charge us more with what we do, with what we have to do, and the time we have to do it, which is a lot of pressure a lot of times when you think about it. You sit along and start getting a pity patty about, well, they don't like what I'm preaching, they don't like what they don't like me, and this blah blah blah. You go on that stuff. I like to get away from that stuff, but it happens day in, and pastors do go out of the ministry quite frequently these days because of that. So what you're doing here? I, I mean, I'm hello, hallelujah, amen. I know a lot of pastors wouldn't even like a mink of this, okay? And you're so blessed, Brother Randy and Sister Deanna, to have this. So blessed. It is an uncomfortable feeling for you to be honored. I understand it because it is with me as well. But go for the ride today, buddy. It's, it's not about you. We know this. It's about him. But we are about him, what he's done through you. And here's the evidence. Amen? Give yourself a hand. Amen. Give him the hand. Hebrews 13, 7. This right here is a, a verse that probably offends a lot of people. And because of the mistreatment of the, of the office in these years that people have done it. But here, people don't like to be told what to do. They don't like to be somebody over their authority. But that's our nature. That's our, that's our prideful nature. But once we're broken and we are saved, we understand, as the Bible teaches, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls. And as they that must give an account that they do it with joy and will not with grief, but for that it was, is, for if it was, he said it was unprofitable for you. We find here, and this sometimes we say our pastor when we have one, and, and I've, I've been in your shoes right there. I was in the, before becoming a pastor, a lot of times I said, well, maybe we didn't, maybe we, maybe we were a little hasty in choosing this fellow, you're right, you know? But he's been given, given to you. Now, I'm, I'm preaching to the church this morning. Now, the preaching is to remind you. Brother Randy did not give me any message to say, to do, or anything else. So what I'm saying, as a pastor, preaching is to remind you of things. And what you're doing, I just say amen to. 
So I'm not here to pick a bone with anybody. So don't sound like this. If I tell you, you must submit. The Lord Jesus himself inspired the reading of this word. Obey them that have their rule over you and submit yourselves unto them. Now, I don't mean dictatorship, and I'm by far this man is a dictator, and neither would I have ever considered it. He's been sent here to, to encourage you, to feed you, to lead you, to instruct you in God's business. I need amen. If he walks with the Lord as he should, he will be equipped by the Holy Spirit to be effective, carry out his duties, and he will be a blessing to this church or any church this man's called into your personal walk with the Lord. That's what it says. My assignment this morning, as I was very clear told about 8 o'clock last night, is not to preach about God requires from my brother Randy, but my assignment is to preach about what God expects of you as to the individual. And from the church body, in your relationship to your pastor, the under-shepherd. Just as brother Randy has certain responsibilities to you as his pastor of this church, you also have some responsibilities as well. And maybe you need to consider these. And I read this one verse right here, but from that verse I would receive some thoughts about, and I did so much, and I already had talked about this, but I, had to expect, I didn't know I was going to expect me to say a, and, and speak on this verse of Scripture. I already had a couple more. First Peter 5 was my, the portrait of a pastor, but, but then again, the picture has already been painted here. You're, you've already painted this. So how to treat a God's gift to the church is what I'm going to say here. How do we treat it? Three things I'm going to bring back to remembrance. And you have to read the whole context of it before and after the scriptures. But the church is, is commanded to remember. The word remember has a, has a uh, mindful, to be mindful of, to keep in mind, to think of, or to feel for a person, or to make mention of. So we're mentioning this pastor, to remember this pastor. To be mindful of one is to keep in mind of one. And this has the idea of being very thoughtful. It's a call from God's people to, do, to be considerate of their pastor. And God did not send this man here to be at your beck and call. He was sent here to feed your souls and to lead you to a deeper things of God. And to a deeper walk with God. He come here to disciple. To make disciples. And I would challenge you, anybody, anytime, consider the time that you, I see, and I know that you do these things, but remember this, we should give him time for his family, and give him time for prayer and study of the word. Be sure to take time out to speak a word of encouragement when and whenever you have the chance to. And you do this, it's very evident of it, but don't come, become complacent in it. I encourage you to keep on keeping on, to intensify, it is an active word, to continue on. Don't just do it once, continue on. When he makes a mistake, you know, forgive him. He forgives you. And our Heavenly Father forgives us, 1 John 1, 9. And thank God for that verse. I have to use it so much. This other word that speaks of compassion as well, to think of and to, to feel for a person. Now, this has the idea of a simple human being and kindness, the word kindness we use here. We learn to, to, to treat your pastor like he would want to be treated. He's a human being as well. He's a man of God, of course, but take care of him. And I think you do. It's evident of you doing, but I'm reminding you. Remember, don't take this offensively. Take this as a reminder, okay? Supply his needs. After all, that's God's command to the church. First Timothy 5, 7. Let the elders that rule well, rule well, there's the key. And he has shown that evidence he is to rule. He has ruled well. Almost 30 years, he's been counted worthy of a double honor. Double honor. You know what that means? I won't go into it, but double honor means just what it says. 
and especially they who labor in the word of God and doctrine, it's evident that he does and has proven himself over and over and time again. It also speaks of a conversation to make mention of, that is. This is a call to the church to lift up the man of God in prayer. Now, everyone here ought to be praying for their pastor. He prays for you. And one of the greatest gifts you can give to your pastor is the gift of constant, consistent, heartfelt prayers. Can I get a witness? If you pray for him, you'll reap the benefit through the ministry of the word of God. Promise. He will be empowered and God will use him to lead, to bless, and to feed and your church, your family, and your lives. Your children, your grandchildren, your community. You should certainly take care of their financial needs and the needs of the pastor. You should always do that. And I believe you do. But don't come complacent. Always want to do more. And by the way, nobody's told me to preach this but him. At 8 o'clock last night. Every duty in this church should not rest upon a pastor's shoulders. Keep not under the, the load of the work with him and the Lord will accomplish great things. I understand that I'm, I have to do the same things. But leave it all on the pastor. Nothing will get accomplished. Your pastor's primary duty centers around prayer and the proclamation of the word of God. Acts 6, verses chapter 4, if you want, I mean, uh, chapter 6, verse 4, if you'd like to look it up. That he gives himself to the word of prayer and the work of the ministry. So you'll do well to allow him to liberty to be just that. And he does a radio show. He does uh, the hospitals. And he does what he does. And I, I think the man does more funerals than anything I, anybody I know. And about the counseling more than I know. I hear it from him regularly. We talk regularly. And we encourage. And he does encourage me, people. He does. Woo! He does. And I hope I'm a blessing to him. There's another word about here. There's a word about ruling. That word rule has to do with the leadership. It speaks of the authority of God has placed in the office at the call of the pastor. A lot of people have trouble with the pastor's authority. I understand that because preachers who have abused this office in these last days, I said that earlier, 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 to 4. And, and, and when you look at that verse with me, 1 Peter chapter 5, you've, you've seen it, to feed the flock. Feed the flock. That's not an easy task to feed the flock. It has to be the right diet. The author of Hebrews is Brother Paul, I know, is not referring to the pastor as a dictator. Remind, just keep that in mind now. But his one who has been placed, been called in position of leadership and with authority. And by the way, the, the, the phrase to have the rule over you is in the passive voice again. Let me, let me remind you of that. That means that these rulers are not in their positions by personal choice. It's a call. He didn't come here looking for a job. He came here looking to answer the call. A lot of people today have these, have these comes out of the seminaries today when they were looking for a job. Position, power, prestige. Instead of that, a call. Big difference. Never was intended to be that way. It's always been a call. And this phrase... Who have spoken unto you the word of God qualifies who the writer is talking about. He is referring to the man or the men of God who preach the word of God in the people to the to all the people of the congregation in the office of the pastor. Now, he speaks of rank here as well. Now, let me, let me digress here just a little bit here. Nature uses this uh, living organs only as one head, right? 
But when an animal's born, and we've seen this happen in nature, it's called, with two heads, it's called a freak. And it's an anomaly. The church of Jesus Christ is a living organism. And such, it can only have one head, and the head of the church is the Lord Jesus Christ. But in, in Christ himself has, set his church a, has sent the church a under-shepherd. What a call this is. What a responsibility this is. And too many people take it too lightly. But it's evident, I know this man takes it seriously. God did not place the authority of the lead, for leading the church in the hands of the board of deacons or trustees or administrators. It's in the place of the pastor, regardless of what people say today. He did not place it in the hands of the leaders of the woman's auxiliary either. Let me go ahead and say that, so I can X out women pastors. He placed it in the office of the pastor a man. There can only be one leader in this church, and that leader is to be the man of God, the pastor, who proves himself. Your duty is to fall in the line behind him and follow him as the Lord, he follows the Lord. And it's his commission to lead, it's, it's, and it's your commandment to follow. Well, I don't like that. I didn't say it. The Lord did. And I'm not advocating any type of dictatorship by, by any means. As the pastor, and it's very obvious he's proven himself, he deserves respect, obedience, and he opens the word of God and seeks to, to lead into greener pastures. God's perfect will, every time he opens it up. Fall in line with God's man, God's plan, and God will bless it. Promise. I know Brother Randy has been in the church that sometime, and, and how your relationship with him has ever been, uh, been altered one way or the other. He's been placed in a position of authority over you. He's been placed in the office that he should be honored and respected by others in the church. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 and 13 would tell us to esteem them very highly, he says. It means that they are to be held in the highest regard, respect. Respect comes only when you earn it, and I believe he's earned it. And that's how his job is to disciple and to teach the children to respect their parents for this is right in the Lord, to honor them, to honor, and it goes right up the line. The parents are to honor the authority ruled over them. It's God's, it's God's business. There's another word here you pick up here. There's a word about responding to this call. Now, I know the, in the earlier time in the church, as you wells do, the apostles and the others have, they've already went away, and they were martyred for their faith, but the readers here are challenged, every one of us, to consider the way they lived and the convictions they held and the example they left behind, they are called to, to get behind them and, and the life they live and they do wherever they go and to be faithfully, they were even faithful unto death, these martyrs to follow. Now you're blessed today that your pastor's still here. He's living, he's healthy, and God's giving him great health. The writer of Hebrews again tells us and tells me we're supposed to, to the, respond to the man of God that has given us to be the pastor of the church, to respond. How are you going to respond? Well, whose faith follow, he says. Before you follow a man, you must look at his walk. This is not a call to, to criticism by any chance or judgmental uh, regarding the attitude of a pastor. It's not about this, okay? If you look too closely at a man's life, you'll find some areas that's not quite up to standard. You'll find some fault and failures. I said before, he's a man. And he's saved by God's grace. And you're not here to be a pastor judge. You're here to follow the pastor. If he's out of will to God, it'll be, it will be expelled. It will be known. This is the call for the church to look at their pastor. The church should watch as he walks with God by faith. The church needs to observe the convictions that, that he shows from his heart. And you should understand that fact that he carries uh, you in, this, in, in his heart. He, he carries for you. He, he prays for you earnestly. He prays for his sheep. 
because there's a history. You understand that? What the responsibility that is, really is? The sheep in the pasture that God has given this under shepherd, he's responsible for. You act crazy and, and everybody goes off his ark and do this and with criticism and, and, and all this, that falls back on him. And most of the time he didn't deserve it. So it's, a, it's amongst the other sheep to nurture this other sheep back in the fold and give them some love and tender care and maybe even some correction. Here's where you come in. You've known to do well, do well. It sounds like they're exalting the life of a man. I know it sometimes does, but this was the accounts of Paul, the apostle, our pastor. Paul told everyone, he said, be ye followers of me, is what he said, be me ye followers of me. Paul knew that he was living the life, and he was walking the Lord, and, and the example before he could be followed. He was talking the walk and walking the talk, and he knew it. And yet he knew it wasn't easy, and it took much prayer. It took much time alone. It took much consistency of him, of, of, of challenges. And he overcame them, but yet he fell. Brother Randy is, is a challenge to live that kind of life as well as a pastor. Your duty is to get behind that man and follow him for the glory of God. You see, on this, this day of celebration and this day of exhortation and this day that you're representing here, it is all about, a lot about as well you to urge him on as he urges you on and from the high calling of our Father in heaven. The call for the church to, to look at their pastor, the church should watch as he walks with God, what I say. Watch him. Watch him is a sense that you follow him, you example. He is an example. Should I do what he does? Should I say what he says? Man, he memorized more scripture than all of us put together. Can we get one verse a week, all of us, or once a month to follow him? Should we not? Would that not be good well, well, well with us? Absolutely. Absolutely. Amen is right. Now here's my charge to you. Protect his time. Pray for him continually. Pay attention while he preaches. Provide for the needs of your pastor. And please, please, the Lord through your ministry to the pastor. How is it? Please the Lord through your ministry. Okay? You have a part in this. You say, well, how can I do it? I'm glad you asked. Okay. Respect him. And for the office that he holds, follow him as he follows the Lord. Help him carry out the work of the Lord in this place at New Rocky Creek Baptist Church. That you attend and you're part of the member. For there are many members of the body, but again, there's one head and there's one under shepherd. And I say this, it's evident that you're doing it. But here's, here's the, my point. Don't become complacent in doing it. Want to do it better than you did it this time. Want to do it better tomorrow. Pray more for him. If you're only praying once a week for him, pray twice a week for him. Build yourself up because it's going to be well with you that you do. Brother Josh, you come forward. Brother Randy, God bless you. Miss Deanna, God bless you for your service and your time that you've, you've served the Lord here at North, uh, I mean, at Rocky Creek. God bless you and give you thanks for all that you've done this far. And I know, I know that embarrasses you, but I'm saying this out of a pastor's heart. Keep on doing what you're doing. Church, keep on doing what you're doing, but do it better. Amen? God bless you. God bless you.